If you've listened to our show or followed us on social media for a while, then you know how much we love today's sponsor, Spooky Babe Stickers. Spooky Babe Stickers is a vinyl and planner sticker shop owned by Kim, the OG Spooky Babe. Not only does Spooky Babes have the cutest spooky stickers, think Beetlejuice, Nightmare Before Christmas, the OG Friday the 13th, Halloween and Scream movies, and Mean Girls. She has a great selection of stickers just for true crime fans. Spooky Babes boasts an amazing selection of vinyl stickers and planner stickers, and she's constantly adding to the collection. Keep an eye out every other Friday to see all the new items that enter the shop. Head over to Etsy and search for Spooky Babe stickers. We'll also link her shop and her Instagram in our show notes. Make sure you follow her on Instagram so you get all the details about upcoming sales, exclusive discount codes, and sneak peeks for Spooky Friday drops. And our listeners and followers can use our special code, WINNIE20, to save 20% on their order plus receive a free Spooky sampler. That's W-I-N-N-I-E-20. Welcome to True Crime Cat Lawyer. I'm your host, Elise, and sometimes my cat Winston joins me. This podcast contains content of a graphic nature that might not be suitable for all listeners, including descriptions of violence, sexual assault, and crimes against animals and children. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Episode 7 of Season 2. I'm going to add an extra trigger warning here because this episode is going to be rough. We're going to discuss cyberbullying, sexual exploitation, and suicide. Please skip this episode if any of those topics are triggering to you. Today's episode takes us to British Columbia. At the center of our story is Amanda Todd, born on November 27, 1996. Amanda's mom, Carol, said her daughter was a vibrant child and a curious young person who eventually grew into a typical teenager. Amanda loved shopping, cheerleading, animals, art, music, and singing. Amanda was loving and trusting, and her parents felt like this really made her vulnerable. Amanda also had a quote-unquote language-based learning disability, which probably contributed to some self-consciousness and unfortunately teasing by other kids. But the catalyst for today's case was a complete stranger, a man who took advantage of Amanda and essentially ruined her life at least in Amanda's mind. In 2009, Amanda was in seventh grade and had just moved in with her dad. It wasn't super clear to me whether her parents were just separated or if they'd gone through a divorce or really what the dynamic was between them. In any case, Amanda was living with her dad at this point and she started using an online video chat to meet new people over the internet. Amanda was flattered by the compliments she received for her looks. 
After all, Amanda was in her pre-teens and she was very impressionable. Plus, who doesn't love compliments? Unfortunately, Amanda also encountered a relentless stranger who wouldn't take no for an answer. For over a year, this online stranger repeatedly asked Amanda to show him her breasts. Amanda consistently refused his requests during this time. But eventually, he wore her down and she gave in to his request over webcam. Unbeknownst to Amanda, this man had taken a screenshot of the webcam video and saved it. And that was just the beginning of Amanda's torment. On November 9th, 2009, Amanda got a Facebook message from an account with the name Damon Lucci. This message included a video of her dancing in what she described as, quote, short shorts, and she had her shirt up so her stomach was showing, end quote. Along with the video, this account demanded that Amanda give him her Skype address, and if she didn't comply, the man threatened to send the video to her family. The man even listed the names of her family members, including her dad, in the message. But Amanda refused to give the man her Skype address. Keep in mind, Amanda was only 12 years old at this point. One month later, the man sent Amanda another message telling her that it was her quote-unquote last chance before he was going to send the video to quote everyone in her Facebook, school, and newspapers in her city, end quote. Between December 19th and December 22nd, 2010, the same man, using yet another alias, tried to extort Amanda by threatening to send the video to her friends, family, and classmates. But he went one step further with his extortion. He showed Amanda the screenshot he'd saved of her lifting up her shirt and exposing her breasts. To avoid the video and photo being shared, all Amanda had to do was perform cam shows for the man on Skype and YouTube. But Amanda continued to refuse the requests. Between December 22nd and December 24th, using the aliases Alice McAllister and Cody Maxson on Facebook, the man sent messages to Amanda's family, which included a link to the video of Amanda which the man had already posted online. To make matters worse, the man sent the same message with the video link to 99 other Facebook users, including Amanda's friends and classmates. These fake Facebook accounts also engaged in conversations with Amanda's friends and classmates. The man mocked Amanda, called her a slut, and even said that Amanda had quote-unquote nasty and awkward nipples. But the man stooped even lower by encouraging these people to keep sharing the video of Amanda. This is absolutely disgusting, and it gets even more disgusting when you remember that Amanda was just 13 years old. Around this time, police informed Amanda that the topless photo was circulating around the internet. To say that Amanda was devastated would be an understatement. She became depressed and anxious, and she developed a panic disorder. Because of all this, Amanda's family decided to move. And sadly, Amanda started using drugs and alcohol to cope with everything that was going on. After the move, Amanda got a reprieve for a little while, but it wouldn't last. In April 2011, the blackmail started up again, and it got so much worse. On April 21st, the man sent Amanda a message which read, quote, guess who's back? Miss me? End quote. He demanded, quote, five shows of 30 minutes each or the same thing happens again at your new school. End quote. 
When Amanda didn't do what the man wanted, he posted a link of the image of Amanda with her breasts onto a channel comment, which was visible to anyone who had access to YouTube. Between April 30th and May 3rd, Amanda asked her friends to report the man's account because he was blackmailing and harassing her. Then, on May 4th, the man, whose real name was Aiden Coben, created a fake Facebook profile so that he could send a link to Amanda's photo to her family. Coben also added the topless photo of Amanda as his profile picture. He added Amanda's classmates from her new school. Not only was Coben blackmailing Amanda, she had other issues with her classmates. Amanda started talking to an old guy friend who contacted her while all of the sextortion was going on. He invited Amanda over to his house and they ended up having sex while his girlfriend was out of town. A week later, that guy's girlfriend, along with 15 other students, confronted Amanda at school. They took turns hurling insults at Amanda and the guy's girlfriend even punched her. Amanda fell to the ground, quote-unquote laid in a ditch, and that's where her dad later found her. After the assault, Amanda tried to commit suicide by drinking bleach. She was rushed to the hospital and had her stomach pumped. Thankfully, she ended up surviving. When she got out of the hospital, she came home to, quote, abusive messages, end quote, about her suicide attempt that had been posted on Facebook. Between the Facebook profile and messages sent by Coben, along with the suicide attempt, Amanda was again teased relentlessly, and she had to switch schools. A few months later, on October 23rd, Amanda received another Facebook message from Coben using yet another alias. He demanded three shows of 15 minutes or else he'd release a quote-unquote new flash video. When Amanda again refused to comply, Coben sent links to images of Amanda wearing an exposed green thong and the other showed Amanda, quote, with her hand in her pubic region making a suggestive facial expression, end quote, to both Amanda and 19 other Facebook users, majority of whom were friends with Amanda. Coben also continued sharing the photos of Amanda on various porn sites, and he distributed the links to Amanda's principal, two vice principals, and four school employees. One of the vice principals forwarded the link to the police. Less than a month later, Coben created another fake Facebook profile and added Amanda's classmates. Then he changed his profile picture to the image of Amanda with her breasts exposed. Coben also posted links to pornographic videos and pictures of Amanda on the fake Facebook profile's wall so all of his Facebook friends could see them. And just to pour salt in the wound, Coben told Amanda he posted and sent photos to nearly 280 of Amanda's classmates and said she should, quote, enjoy the shit fest, end quote. One of Amanda's classmates that received the photo reported it to both Facebook and the police. Amanda told friends her life was basically ruined. She was truly afraid that she was going to be harassed by Coben for the rest of her life. CyberTip Canada, an anti-child exploitation group, received a tip that images of Amanda were again circulating on the internet. The RCMP was allegedly informed, but they told Amanda and her family that there was nothing they could do about the sexual extortion. In late December 2011, Coben sent Amanda a message telling her that he was playing her flash video on Omegle, an online stranger chat site. Coben said he was going to leave her videos up all week and then he'd start sending the video around again. According to Amanda's parents, Amanda cried every night. 
She lost all of her friends, and she lost all the respect people had for her. She felt incredibly guilty about giving in to the photo request, and she carried an incredible amount of shame about it and everything that came after the photo. She learned that once something was out on the internet, it was essentially out there forever. She could never really get that photo back. In March 2012, Amanda's family moved again to a new city for a fresh start. According to Amanda's mom, Carol, quote, Every time Amanda moved schools, Coben would go undercover and become a Facebook friend. What the guy did was he went online to the kids who went to the new school and said that he was starting school the following week and that he wanted some friends, so he'd ask them to be friends on Facebook. He eventually gathered people's names and sent Amanda's video to students, teachers, and parents, end quote. Amanda started cutting herself, and she was prescribed antidepressants and attended counseling. At one point, Amanda overdosed, and she was hospitalized for two days. Amanda also spent some time in the hospital for her depression. And when she went back to school, kids called her psycho and said that she'd been in the quote-unquote crazy hospital. Sometime in September 2012, Amanda uploaded a video to YouTube. The video was titled, My Story, Struggling, Bullying, Suicide, Self-Harm. The video was nine minutes long, and it centered around Amanda telling her story through a series of flashcards. She talked about her experience of being blackmailed into exposing her breasts on webcam, being bullied online and at school, and being physically assaulted. The description posted with the video said, quote, I'm struggling to stay in this world because everything just touches me so deeply. I'm not doing this for attention. I'm not doing this to be an inspiration and to show that I can be strong. I did things to myself to make the pain go away because I'd rather hurt myself than someone else. Haters are haters, but please don't hate, although I'm sure I'll, I'll get them. I hope I can show you guys that everyone has a story and everyone's future will be bright one day. You just gotta pull through. I'm still here, aren't I? End quote. Five weeks after the video was posted on YouTube, Amanda's body was found hanging in her home. She died a little over a month before her 16th birthday. After Amanda's parents shared the video with police, the RCMP and BC Coroner Service launched an investigation into Amanda's suicide. At the time the messages were originally sent to Amanda, Coben had hidden his IP address, so police weren't able to trace the messages back to him. Coben had sent over 700 messages to Amanda over a three-year period. He used 22 online aliases to harass Amanda, starting when she was just 12 years old. Amanda's dad described Coben as a, quote, unrelenting presence that permeated every waking moment of his daughter's life. At a time when Amanda should have been living a carefree childhood, Mr. Coben was a creeping, evil, lurking presence constantly circling in the shadows, end quote. In January 2014, Facebook's security unit conducted an investigation and reported its findings to the Dutch authorities, who then arrested 35-year-old Aidan Coben. The case brought against him involved multiple victims in the Netherlands, the UK, and Canada. Charges included extortion and child pornography. Coben was charged in April 2014 in the Netherlands for indecent assault and possession of child pornography. That same month, the RCMP announced they'd be charging Coben with extortion, internet luring, criminal harassment, and possession and distribution of child pornography related to Amanda's suicide and other victims. 
On January 28, 2015, Coben wrote a letter proclaiming his innocence. The Netherlands trial was held in February 2017. There were 72 charges of sexual assault and extortion involving 39 victims. Coben was eventually convicted and sentenced to internet fraud and blackmail. He received a sentence of 10 years and 8 months. He still faced five separate charges in Canada related to Amanda's suicide. Prior to the Canadian trial, Amanda's mother, Carol, successfully petitioned the court to lift an automatic ban on publishing the names of victims of child pornography. She said her daughter's, quote, name and story are important to the conversation about cyberbullying and helping other victims, end quote. The trial was nine weeks long and focused on the, quote, prolonged pattern of sextortion targeting Amanda Todd, end quote. Coben's abuse relentlessly followed Amanda, even when she changed schools. Coben's harassment and extortion deeply affected Amanda, but it also deeply affected her parents, who had to watch their daughters suffer this abuse by an unknown, quote, exceptionally cruel and seemingly ever-present tormentor, end quote. Amanda's dad told the court that Coben, quote, filled her every waking moment with fear, humiliation, anxiety, despair, and a desperation that should never be part of a young girl's life, end quote. He knew that Amanda could have made it through her high school struggles if she hadn't been subjected to Coben's constant barrage of torment and degradation. Losing Amanda was the most painful and devastating loss of his entire life, one that would never go away. On August 5, 2022, Coben was found guilty on all charges. On October 14th, Coben was sentenced to 13 years in prison. The judge cited several aggravating factors, including the sophistication of the blackmail scheme, the widespread distribution of Amanda's images, and Coben's lack of remorse. The judge said that although Coben's behavior wasn't the quote-unquote dominating factor in Amanda's suicide, the judge did find that the profound harm Coben caused aggravated Amanda's mental health and substance abuse issues. Quote, ruining Amanda's life was Coben's expressly stated goal and was sadly one that he achieved, end quote. In November 2022, a conversion hearing was held. The court in the Netherlands had to decide how to handle the Canadian sentence to be converted to Dutch standards. More specifically, the judge was set to decide whether Coben would serve his 13-year sentence after he finished his Dutch sentence. Coben received the maximum sentence that could be imposed by Dutch law. Quote, Dutch law stipulates when someone is convicted and sentenced, then found guilty of the same kind of offense in the same time period, the existing punishment applies. End quote. There's a chance that after the Dutch judge converts the sentence, there will be no room left to impose punishment for the Canadian crimes in addition to the sentence Coben's already serving. Coben could be on parole as early as September 2023. And even if he doesn't receive parole, he'll be released by August 2024, and the Netherlands doesn't have a sex offender registry. So basically, he'll be free to do the same thing all over again. Before we end today's episode, I want to highlight some information on cyberbullying and online harassment. According to DoSomething.org, 60% of young people have witnessed online bullying and most don't intervene. 
Only 1 in 10 teens tell a parent or other trusted adult about their abuse, and less than 20% of cyberbullying incidents are reported to police. In Canada, cyber harassment is prosecuted under the general harassment provision of the Canadian Criminal Code. And just so you know, there are several cyberbullying acts that can actually be prosecuted as crimes. For instance, criminal harassment includes sending texts, emails, and phone calls that make the victim fear for their safety. Like we saw in Coben's case, child pornography and extortion are also crimes for which a person can be prosecuted. And finally, you can be prosecuted in Canada for sharing an intimate photo knowing that the person in the photo didn't consent to it being shared. This specific crime is punishable by up to five years in prison. The same punishment is allowed for a first extortion offense. And if a person is convicted for a second offense of extortion, the penalty increases to seven years. Amanda's YouTube video went viral after her death. As of January 2023, the video has 15 million views. Amanda's mother, Carol, started the Amanda Todd Trust, which was later incorporated into the nonprofit Amanda Todd Legacy. According to their website, the Amanda Todd Legacy is a, quote, nonprofit society that focuses on awareness and the well-being of individuals of all ages. We have a strong focus on prevention and awareness related to bullying, cyber abuse, and internet safety. Resources and education encouraging positivity, mental health, and wellness, and how to stay safer online are shared on our website, end quote. Carol continues to share her daughter's story in hopes of saving others from the same abuse and torment as her daughter. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review if you like the show. You can email case suggestions or comments to truecrimecatlawyer at gmail.com. The links for our social media pages are included in the show notes. You can find our discussion group on Facebook by searching for True Crime Cat Lawyer in the group section. And if you want more content, head over to Patreon to join one of our available tiers. You can get monthly mini and bonus episodes as well as early access to our main episodes. Finally, if you're interested in learning more about my co-host, you can check out her Instagram at WinstonTheCatPDX. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.